Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com. For the last few weeks, we have been in a series called Push Back. Okay, we've been talking about how to push back from the enemy's schemes. We are in a spiritual battle. That it just is. And I don't know how much you grew up based on what denomination you were in, but the truth of the matter is sometimes we even good, and I use that word loosely because Jesus said nobody's good, but we as believers sometimes positionally believe that we have the right to fight people. But the Bible tells us that our fight is not with flesh and blood. It is with spirits, principalities, powers, come on, darkness. Like this is the thing that we fight. And I think that because we have right information, we fight someone for revelation But revelation comes from the Lord, and so what we're doing is we're cutting off relationships that God may be wanting to move on. And I want to talk about this a little bit as we dive into this. For us, we want to make sure that when we look at the world, when we look at the nation, when we look at people's lives, that if we're not careful, we will be soft saints. Soft we, if you played sports, come on, you could always tell the person who was so, little, little soft. Come on, you know, you fifth string, talking about you so hyped for the game. You ain't gonna play. We're gonna win. It's gonna be awesome. Cool. So a little, little soft, a little soft. If we're not careful, here's the thing: we'll be soft saints that are that are. At the mercy of the enemy. And I don't know if you got into a fight. Obviously, I'm not advocating fighting. But some of y'all, you you need to learn how to fight. Um, uh, But the way you win a fight, for those of you who have never been been at it, you you don't beg the enemy to stop. Some of you, this this is theory for you because... You don't beg the enemy, stop, I've had enough, it really hurts, okay? Like you're going to have to push back, you're going to have to fight back, and the way the enemy runs is he realizes, listen, this could cause danger to me. You feel what I'm saying? We don't take every thought that comes into our head. We don't get beat down and think, oh my gosh, I am stupid, I am terrible, I am dumb, I am this, I am that, I am this. And you just are beat down by the enemy and you got to be able to push back, come on, some a little bit in your faith. God has given us both defense and offense. And, and it's important that we walk in this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4-5, through 5, I want you to look at this real quick. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So this, what this means is you in a fight. You in a fight rather than you, you knew it, didn't know it. You, you, you thought about it, you didn't think about it. But if you step on the field, you're about to get trucked. 
Okay, I have uh, my youngest child, Sage, for the last four years have been playing football. And we have been really uh, trying to build his confidence because what will happen is when he's about to get hit, he will pause, he will shuffle, and then he, <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay. Um, it's easy to hit a target that's not moving, so you're going to have to push through it, and when you see the hit coming, you're going to have to anticipate it, and come on, anybody who ever played, you either get the hit, or you, come on, give it. Hey! Okay. Well, I just don't know about spiritual stuff. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't know. Well, all I'm telling you is... You, at some point in time, you will realize this seems harder than it has to be. And you will decide to be sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you will begin to fight because you are in a war. You're in a war. There's not anybody that would let anybody just walk into our house, steal all of our stuff. We've worked hard to create it. We've worked hard to build it. Everybody in our home is who we care about. We, we have loved ones in our house, but we're just going to let the enemy walk in and destroy what we, like, there's nobody's going to do that. And if you do, don't, if you would, don't, 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 don't say that out loud. Say that, don't say that out loud. But we have divine power. To destroy strongholds, okay? We have, we destroy arguments and lofty opinions. Look at this. Look at this. This is like it was written today. All right? Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take captive our thoughts to the obedience of Christ. So I need to break this down for you. There are three things that we get to destroy, and there's one thing that we get to tie up. Okay? And so when we begin to see that we are in a spiritual battle, listen, we do want to break strongholds. Come on. In our families, you can begin to look at generational curses, things that your parents dealt with, your grandparents dealt with, things uh, that, that, that are common to your family. Go, go and leave that verse up. And, and then what happens is we have the power through divine power and revelation and understanding in God to begin to break that, to attack that. We don't, that, that stronghold doesn't have to live any further in our family. Listen, and so I want to talk about this. We will all deal with sin, struggles, temptations, okay? But it is so important for us as parents, grandparents, leaders, patriarchs of family to understand the word, to apply it to the stronghold, to break it off our life. That does not mean that your kids won't face it, but at least they'll have the model of overcoming it. In the, and that can be destroyed in every generation. It can be destroyed because we're walking in revelation. Right. Everybody understand that? Okay. Arguments. Arguments. In our head, constantly, is this right? Is that right? Which is true? What is not true? Arguments. Arguments of position. Arguments of power. Arguments of glory. Arguments. 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 I don't know about you, but come on. In our head, there can be countless amounts of arguments. So much where you cannot move forward because the arguments are so heavy and you can destroy that. That doesn't matter. That's not most important. That's not the first thing I need to think about. I don't need to be getting my fight ready. 
I'm not trying to work. Come on. And we destroy that. Then what does it say? Every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And so I use this example not because I have a soapbox, but because it's so prevalent. And for many of us, we just can see it very clearly. Jesus used parables, and he wanted to show us stuff that we could see very clearly so they would get it. So Paul would use an officer or uh, a marriage couple or whatever. He would use things that we could get so clearly. So now we're, we're on college campuses we have way more than two genders. And we're tr every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge, the understanding of why God did what he did. And there are countless lofty thoughts that people are trying to change. You hear what I'm saying? And so we have to, in, in, our, in ourself, we have to destroy these. But then there's one that you don't destroy, and I need you to understand that. Because many of you are trying, and you're beating yourself up, trying to destroy thoughts. But the Bible doesn't say you get to destroy thoughts. It says you lock them up. You take them captive. Come on. Anybody, when they were a kid, ever played cops and robbers? Come on. I remember when, when my kids were young, I would get them handcuffs or whatever, and they'd be like, Dad, you got to come to jail. And they would lock me up, and I'd go to jail. And then when they weren't looking, I'd break out. Ha ah! ha! And like, you got and that's what our thoughts do. We got to lock them up. No, 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 that's not a good thought. And then they creep out and something happens and there's a trigger. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's out again. You can't be out. Get over here. And we, come on. That's what we do all the time. And so many of us are not thriving in our faith because we're having the wrong thoughts. But here's the deal. The Bible says that we take the thoughts captive. So there's this constant tension of, oh, a thought got out. Let me take that captive. You stay there. Oh, the thought got out. Let me take. You understand? And so we want to go to church because we are so simplistic. And our world has made everything easy and structured that we, we don't have to know navigation because we have maps. Easy. I can... Open up a document, and I can share it with all of you. I don't have to print it and mail it and send it. You can have it instantaneously. So we want to go to church, and we want all the thoughts to go away, and we don't ever want to deal with them because they're dirty. But the Bible says when they come out, you got to get them, and you got to put them back. When they come out, you got to get them, and you got to put them back. And you're going to be doing this your whole life. And so some of you, the enemy has been plaguing you because you feel like you're not victorious in Christ, but your victory doesn't come from your effort. Your victory comes from him. Yes. You're not hearing me. Yes. And so this whole process of moving your thoughts and taking them captive and moving your thoughts and taking them captive has discouraged you, but actually that's the battle and that's the war. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Today I want to talk about suiting up. Suiting up. We're talking about pushback. You can't push back unless you suit up. My younger son can't go through. I would never demand and ask him to push through the defense if he wasn't dressed. This dude needs a helmet. He needs some pads. Come on. He needs his cleats. He needs his thigh pads. And now that you are positionally ready, you have everything you need to score. You are ready to score. 
And so we need to suit up. Listen, I, I don't know about you, but um, back in the old day, I'm old school. I like old school superheroes, not new school superheroes. Y'all are confused. Your, your generation confusing superheroes because you got like anti-heroes and you got all this backstory and the, all of these superheroes got like weird backstories and they're like the good guy is actually the bad guy, which is actually the good guy and that's why it's bad. And so it's like, well, I, I, but back in my day when Superman put on the S, you know what I'm saying, you knew he was going to be super. We weren't worried about his backstory and why he's so, why, and really the whole time. You know, like, you got, listen, y'all, I love you younger people, but y'all made the Karate Kid evil. And Daniel is not evil, okay? My point is that when I remember being young and watching, come on, the Lone Ranger. Huh? Watching the A-team. And you knew when the A-team was like, when it started, ba-ba-ba-ba, you knew we were about to get down. Something was about to happen. B.A. was about to bust loose. You know, there's something about a saint that is suited up. That now you are engaged and you are ready for the spiritual battle that's about to come. And come on, listen. You're going to have to see that there is a spiritual battle and you need divine power to destroy strongholds, to destroy arguments, to destroy lofty opinions, and to not run out of energy about taking your thoughts captive. Like you need divine power to do that because everybody, everybody gets tired. Only like three or four percent of the world love to mow. <laughs> Every time I mow, it comes back, and you get tired. And then you know, your wife's like, let's buy another house with more, more, with more grass. And I'm like, who's going to mow it? Because you get tired. And you need divine power, come on, to keep capturing the thoughts over and over and over again. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Are you all with me? We good? Okay. Ephesians 6 verse 10. And it says this, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might. Be strong. And don't be a wussy. Don't be a sissy. Be strong. Come on. We need a little cross fit in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. And, and let me just tell you, you, you your strength comes because the cross does fit in your life. Uh, Y'all didn't get Okay. Uh, I'm just saying, like, yeah. Uh, just pity. Pity me. All right. All I'm saying is, you, we got to get stronger. Our strength comes from the power of his might. So I need to tell you, all of those who have been so faithful to church since you were 16, I love that and I believe it's beneficial. But your strength doesn't come from attendance. Your strength comes from him. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been at church. When your strength starts to fade, it's because your proximity has faded. I got to get close to him because... My strength and, and comes from his might. Now, I got a lot of adversities to walk through. I'm trying to navigate life. I'm trying to navigate career. I'm trying to pray over uh, and, uh, growing my family. I'm trying to navigate what we're going to do in the next th two or three years. I'm trying to, and we're just talking. There's a lot of things that you're dealing with. And you're going to need strength 
to deal with them. And in order to have that, you're going to have to go and get some power from the Lord. Come on. Look at what this says. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. The whole armor. I don't know about you, but I don't like people coming out the house half-dressed. It's weird and distracting. I got two teenage girls. I'm like, we need the whole armor, baby. We came out with a part. We need the whole. Keep going. Come on. Hey, some of y'all don't know how to amen that, but, but I'm for real. Like, come on. Ain't nobody seen them ankles. Listen, we need the whole armor. Some of us have only been in church where we got partial armor. And who in a battle would not be strategic enough to go to the place that you're not guarding? Okay, you got your head, you got your helmet, you got a breastplate, but your feet, you got no shield. There's no truth. And so the idea of battle is that the enemy studies the adversary and who they're trying to beat and I'm going to look for your weakness the Bible says he prowls around like a roaring lion waiting to devour to find out you don't have any truth your head is full but it is not full of the salvation of God you know what you're trying to cover your own vital organs with works and judgment and wisdom and creativity. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so the enemy is prowling around and he's looking to devour people because, listen, we're not talking about quoting this. I, mean, I remember growing up in uh, kids' church and we, 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 had a, we, we sung a song. I'm going to sing it to you. Steve, get ready. I may be on the worship team, dog. Get ready. The song was about the armor of God, and it was, I got, come on, I got the helmet of salvation, the righteous breastplate, I got to slow that down, righteous breastplate, I got the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, come on. My gospel feet are shod. I'm standing on the word of God. And then, here's a, and then they would mi- do the remix version. And they would say, I got the helmet of salvation, the righteous breastplate, the sword of the spirit. Shing. Come on, you got you to shing. One, two, three. Shing. I got the shield of faith. I got the sword of the spirit. I'm right, I'm, I'm, huh, huh, huh. And so some of you, listen, you've grown up in a culture where you think quoting it is doing it. This is not a seance. It's a practice. You can't pray the armor. It says nowhere that you pray the armor. You put it on. That means that there is understanding and there is application. And I'm going to begin to be, have awareness. It, do, it, it does say that we pray. It says in, in, the, in the end, we're going to read this. It says we do pray in the spirit. It says that we do pray. But the parts that we pray over is our head and our sword. Head and sword. And you'll see that here in a second. This is the part that we're constantly praying. Because whatever gets in our head affects our sword. But everything else is called theology, discipline, understanding, structure. Let's look at this. Are y'all ready? 
Okay, here we go. Let's read this. I'm not getting too far. But put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In other words, you can't stand against schemes. And so you know what a scheme is. A scheme is a trick play. So stop asking like you, stop acting like you always know what the devil's doing. Because you don't. You don't know what the devil's always doing. Do you think that when the serpent showed up to manipulate Eve to entice Adam to eat the apple, that Eve understood what was going to happen if they move forward? Please do not think that you are smarter than the devil. You're not. You're not. And you can back that up with theology because even in the New Testament, we see that even the enemy is held at high regard because if you lower the regard of your adversary, you will get beat every single time. The only way to beat the enemy is by being in proximity and relationship with the Lord. That's it. That's the only way. Come on. Does this make sense? Okay, look at this. Look at this. So there are schemes. He's a tricky guy. Twelve. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your aunt, your cousin, your uncle, your friend, your best friend, your ex-friend. We don't wrestle. But what we do wrestle is with rulers and authorities and cosmic powers in dark places and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. This is what we're always wrestling. There are rulers, principalities, powers, and we are, we are pushing back and we are wrestling with a ruler that wants us to submit and be in bondage to the enemy's schemes. Does that make sense? And so, if you study this, you will see that in different, every continent... There are different spiritual rulers, principalities, powers, darkness, okay? Things that we deal with in Western culture that other places don't deal with. This is why we have such a hard time even with rulers and authority because here's the thing is, is we will always wrestle with someone who tries to control us. Does this make sense? And so when there's a good ruler, there is freedom. And when there's a bad ruler, there is oppression. Come on, let's even take this down. And so uh, obviously I'm talking about the spiritual, but I'm making it practical so we can understand it. Okay, even authority. How many of you remember a boss or a teacher or someone in authority that you thought didn't like you so you didn't like them first? Come on, like, I know you don't like me, so I don't like you. And I didn't like you before you didn't like me, because I just wanted to be first. Because authority that is oppressive makes you feel like it's a wrestle. It's a, I'm wrestling with not being liked, not being approved, not being enough, not being, and so I'm wrestling, and I feel like I have to fight against this authority. Does that make sense? Principalities, powers, 
darkness. And, and, and I think that it's very important for us to see that the only way to battle this is to put on the armor of God, which Ephesians tells us about. So let's look at this. In 14, in other words, therefore, having fastened, everybody say fastened, on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all of the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayers and supplication, to that end... Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. If we're going to suit up, we need to break down what Paul told us. Here's what he said. First of all, you got to put on the belt of truth. Belt of truth. Okay? So in Paul's day, he was looking at a soldier, a Roman soldier, and the belt connected every part of the armor. Okay, the belt was also the place where the sword was able to stay. So without truth, there would be no place to hold the weapon and everything else would not be connected together. Okay, this is the first way that we stand against evil. For many, truth has become a subject of philosophical debate. Our world would like you to believe that you can invent truth and you can modify truth. There is a direct correlation, listen to this, between absolute truth and Jesus. Because Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the, come on, say it, one, two, three, truth, and I'm the life. Okay, so here is the basic understanding. We are here to do God's plan. We are not here to get degrees, although degrees don't matter. We're not here to get bigger homes. We're not here to make more money. We're here to create the kingdom of God. And so the only reason that we are here is the truth is to be in proximity with God. Jesus came, and he is the truth, the fulfillment of the truth, to get us back to God so that we can live, come on, the way God called us to live. And so now, here's what has happened. We've embraced all of these lies that, 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 that tell us that happiness comes from money. Happiness comes from circumstances. Happiness comes when we find love. Happiness comes when we find marriage. And all of these things are wonderful in and of themselves, but they are not the truth. They are not the truth. What the truth is, is way back here, God established this place for his people to know him and be in his presence. And that's the truth. And everything else, everything on CNN, everything on Fox News, everything on the business channel, every podcast that you have about being a leader, everything that you have about science, everything, Newton's law was discovered. It was not invented. And so everything takes us back to this. Okay? 
That's why it holds everything together. John chapter 18, verse 37 says, And then Pilate said to him, So, you're the king, right? And he, Jesus answered and said, um, uh, you say that I'm the king, but for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth, to the truth, that everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. We need the truth in order to attack the enemy and in order to push back his lies. Come on, there is a lie that, that we can digest that says what you do matters most. Who you are matters most. How you think matters most. And none of that is true. Come on. The next is your breastplate. Your breastplate covers your vital organs. If we think about our vital organs, it is the lungs, it is the liver, and it is our heart. Okay? Oxygen, breathing, our heart pumping blood, and then our liver removing toxic. And so the breastplate, listen, covers our vital organs. Here is what Paul is trying to say. Your righteousness is nothing. But Jesus came from heaven, died on the cross, and his death, is righteousness for you. So you don't have to put on works. Come on, you don't have to put on perfection. You don't have to put on compromise. You don't have to put on uh, uh, comparisons. You don't have to put on all these things to make you feel like you're somebody. You put on Jesus and you are protected from the enemy's plan on your life. That's enough. Romans chapter 4 verse 3 says this. Look at this. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as your belief and faith in Jesus is enough and it's counted, listen, as righteousness to you and that protects your vital organs because the enemy will come in and try to attack spiritually your heart. He will try to suffocate the oxygen of what God's trying to do and he will want you to hold things that you're supposed to get rid of but yet you are covered. Under the grace of God, the breastplate means that attacks are coming for your spiritual life, but God provided protection from the enemy. You've got to suit up. The gospel of peace. Paul uses the example of wearing shoes, and I know many of you in here today, come on, you love shoes. You love shoes. You've got a room full of shoes, got a closet full of shoes, got your stilettos, got your Jordans. Come on, got your pumps, you know, got your roofs. Maybe you don't got your roofs. Uh, I know a lot of our younger men, they love shoes. And so if I get a new pair of shoes, they're like, oh, I see you. And I'm like, I get a pair of shoes like every six months, and they be getting one every week. And I'm like, I see you. <laughs> uh, I remember one time my son was like, Dad, I got this great business plan. I'm going to buy these shoes and then I'm going to sell them. And he had all this, these apps that determined how you could sell and buy shoes. And so I was like, okay, a little, little entrepreneur, a little business, let's go. And so he bought these shoes and all of a sudden they came in and he was like, they're really cool. And I was like, they're really cool online. You better sell them. <laughs> Remember, we're going to make some money. We're partners. I put in money. You put in money. Where my money? <laughs> he was like, dad, I like to keep them. We're not keeping them. We're selling them. <laughs> So here's the deal. These shoes 
are fresh. These shoes are next level. You cannot advance the gospel if your feet are not covered. God has called the saint to take territory. And even in this season where there is so much uh, division and things are so uncertain, can I just tell you, everything's really still certain. It's still certain. Look, look, look at this Bible verse. I, 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 want, I want you to see this. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Okay? So here's the verse. How are people going to know about God? I mean, is the goal for us all to hide and not proclaim the gospel and hope people figure it out and, and, and get it some other way? Like, whose responsibility is it for us to teach them? Okay, look at this. How are they going to believe in him if they've never heard about it? Well, I can't, it, well how come we, we had a couple who was with us for five years on our staff around us, Adam and Courtney. Why would we send them to Belize right now? I mean, with the world, the way it is, I don't understand why we would do it right now. And why would we have services? And why would we, and how are they going to hear without someone preaching? And how are they going to preach unless they are sent? And it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And so here's the deal. Come on. Come on. Y'all can clap. That's good. But, but, but COVID don't cancel kingdom. So we got to be wise. We got to be smart. You're not hearing me say that. But I'm saying it, there are people, what would be the worst thing? Would the worst thing be nobody took the gospel further than their own family? And now in a world where people are dying? They're dying not knowing? Will God look at this dispensation of the church and say, you guys showed up and I saw your strength? Or will he say you hid? Come on. Is this true? Is this true? And I'm, I get it. The tension is real. And we're going like, to, please understand, I'm not talking about not being wise. The Bible says that, that, that poison will not hurt us, that we can walk on serpent. I don't, you don't go to the snake store, buy a rattler, and have him just hanging around your neck. Because when that do bites you, we're going to be like you were crazy. Okay? We're not looking for a fight. But if the enemy comes at us, we have the protection that we need to advance. And we got to share, we got to have on our feet, come on, the gospel of peace. The gospel is the good news. Come on, some of y'all put on the wrong shoes. You got the gospel of thunder. You got the gospel of argument. You got the gospel of anger. You need to put on the gospel of peace. You need to put it on your feet and you need to do what God's called you to do regardless of what everybody thinks, and you need to move forward in Him and bring joy and bring peace and bring understanding. Come on, does that make sense? This is what God has called us to do.
Tell me, show me the time that Jesus went on the attack. Oh, uh, when he made a whip and he, no, 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 no. He was attacked. The kingdom of God was attacked and he responded defensively. When the guards came to attack Jesus, Petey Pete took out the sword and cut off the guard's ear. And Jesus wasn't like, get the other one. Man, dicing and slicing. He, He was like, no, Peter. That's not the way we fight, son. That's not the way we fight. He took the ear. That's not the way we fight. We fight differently. We fight, come on, in the, in the spirit. This is good. Come on, what about the shield of faith? The shield of faith. Paul reminds us that we got to keep up. It says keep up. Keep up. In other words, hey, it's heavy. And you got to keep it up. How's your faith? How how you responding? How you responding to that 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 message? How you responding to that text message? How you responding to that voicemail? How you responding to that argument? How you responding? Come on, you gotta keep your you gotta you gotta keep your shield up. And it feels a little heavy, and, and you gotta keep it up. And so the arrows are over your head, so you move it over your head, and the arrows are to your side. Yeah, come on, yeah. you gotta keep your faith active, because the enemy is trying to send these arrows. These fiery darts. And, and, and we know that the enemy has three weapons that he does all the time. And he will tempt you with the glory, the girl or guy, or the gold. And that's what he does. And he will tempt you. And he's always trying to make you jump. How did Jesus respond with the shield of faith? After he was baptized, he's led into the wilderness. And the enemy begins to tempt him now here's the thing we're talking about the 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 shield but we're also talking about the sword they work together some of us need to understand that faith has got to be built and the roman guards would hide under the shield They would hide under the shield. When the arrows would come on their head, they would hide under the shield. And some of us, we got to rest under faith. This is the way it looks. This is the way it seems. It doesn't seem possible that I can get that job without a degree. It doesn't seem possible that in this stage of life I can remarry. It doesn't seem possible that I can. But I'm going to come under faith. I'm going to believe. Come on, what I cannot see will come to pass. I'm going to have faith in God. And how does faith come? It comes by hearing the word. So if you're low on faith, if your shield's down, if it's hard for you to pick it back up, then you need to start getting the Bible on podcast and you need to listen to the word and you need to hear the stories. I remember when we were trying to manage our finances. We've been married a couple years and I, my wife was, had a bunch of money when we got married and uh, I, I, I spent it all. Um, so I'm more of the spender and she's more of the saver. And so she was like, we need to do something. And I was like, okay. And I just remember listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast. And I was just getting hype every time someone would cancel a debt or cut up a credit card or, you know what I'm saying, pay off this. And all of a sudden, we started getting our envelopes. We started getting our system. We started paying off. All of a sudden, our bank account started growing. And we were like, 
this works. If your shield is low, you're going to have to listen to the word. Like you're going to stop listening to the news, stop listening to Facebook, and you're going to have to get in your word, and you're going to have to pause a second, and come on, and you're going to, because your flesh will always resist the word. It will always. Don't, don't ever come to me like, Pastor, I just need prayer. What do you need prayer for? I just need a desire. I need a desire to be in God's presence. No, you, you need a discipline. Come on. Come on, somebody. Does this make sense? I have a desire to have a bunch of muscles. I do. I, I can envision myself with like 16s all up here. Come on. But that late night cereal called me. The gym's not. Come on, help you hear what I'm saying? If you want to grow your faith, then you have to begin to digest where faith comes from. Faith is not opinions. It's the very word of God that begins to shift your soul and mind to align with what he says. The helmet of salvation. The helmet. Let's talk about this. The helmet fit directly on a person and they would custom fab it so that it would fit perfectly. It was also ornate, meaning that you could see it come the Roman, you could see Rome, Roman officers coming because it was beautiful to behold. And I'm just telling you that what needs to rest on your head is salvation. And it is firm and it is fixed and it is beautiful and it covers your head. Like this is what goes through your head. Come on, we all can digest lies that we can begin to think thoughts and pontificate. And before we know it, we're exhausted in our mind because we're thinking so deep. And you need to put salvation, come on, on your head. I am enough. God does love me. He is for me. I, I He put. A, come on, does that make like you begin to because you have the word and the shield is up? Then the helmet is working. Yeah. Nobody would. Go play a sport that requires a helmet and not show up. Come on. Like football, you need a helmet. Hockey, you need a helmet. Baseball, I went and saw the Braves game, and this pitcher was throwing 94 miles an hour. And I'm like, I'm glad you have a helmet because that would hurt. That would hurt. Some of you are going out to your work. And your helmet is not on. And you're not thinking about salvation. And you're not thinking about grace. And you're not thinking about God, the beloved in Christ. And you're not thinking that God loves you. And you're not thinking he's for you. All you see is your negatives. All you digest is the next lie that the enemy is trying to tell you. And here's the thing. Your head is open for attack. I think as we end... When we read that verse, it says the helmet and the sword work together. It says the helmet and the sword. Here's the deal. When you think about a sword, it is both sides are sharp. I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody who picks up a sword and is just good with it. So you may not know this, but when I was a, 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 a 13 and 14, I did fencing. I was a fencer. 
a fencer. I f- fence, fencing was my jam. And so I actually went to the Junior Olympics in fencing in foil, epee, and saber, okay? And so here's the deal. I remember the first time I walked in and I saw all the swords and I was like, awesome, swords! And I was get them! But actually there was like, there was a process to using the sword, and it was crazy how I had to learn my footwork, and I had to parry and repose. And then it was crazy. Before they wanted me to use the sword, they wanted me to lunge. And I was like, that hurts. Where's the defense for that area? Burning the thighs. And so you had to learn, you had to learn how to lunge. You had to lunge, and you had to get low. Because, and all of this was to train you, parry, repost, you know, and you would learn how to maneuver the sword so that you could block and then attack. Block and then attack. Can I tell you that it is not enough to learn how to use this sword to come to church two or three times a month and sit in the 37-minute lesson You're going to have to learn to take this sword and learn how to apply it. Come on, can we, can we do a little Zorro? Can we get a little, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 what's the, what's the, the movie I talked about last? Uh, the Princess Bride. Ha ha. You know, like, um, my name is Inigo Montoya. If you don't learn how to use this, then you will actually use it wrong and I've met many believers that use this to cut people down and use it for judgment rather than to move back darkness. Truth without love cripples people. You got to know this enough. And so here's the deal. One of the major reasons, reasons that we get religious is because we don't read it deep enough to get the understanding. We just get the concept, and then we say, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, because you don't do it the way it says, but we don't do it the way it says either. So we got to go deeper, and we got to understand, oh, 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 he said that, but then he also said this, and so that is a complete thought, and so actually I have to walk in truth, but I also have to walk in love, and I learn how to, ha, 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 ha. But here's the thing, your sword will not be active if your thoughts are off. However a man thinketh, so is, come on, what? He. The reason that Paul put these together is because what's going on in our mind is how we handle our sword. God has given us the power. Ben, go ahead and come up. Go ahead and come up. God has given us the power to push back the enemy. And here is what we need. This spiritual armor is not about statements. It's about understanding. What do you need to understand? And what do you need to take captive? And what do you need to destroy? And what, come on, does does it make sense? Like I'm going to destroy this stronghold and I'm going to battle it because I'm protected. And I'm going to make that thing bow its knee to submission because I am 
thinking the thoughts. I am covered my vitals. I am moving forward. You know, the gospel, uh, the, when, you, when you put on the gospel shoes of peace, the Roman shoes were not just like any shoes. They were stable. They were tight. And they were functional. Any sport that you ever play, they're going to talk about your footwork. And if your footwork is unstable, you won't be able to win. You can't perform. And so here's the deal. Are you on stable ground? You know what? For all of you under 25, have you grown up in your parents' house and you are trying to wear their shoes? We actually have a staff member that just found out that his shoes, he's been buying nine and a halfs and his foot is actually an 11. And so we were all laughing and we were like, I'm sure those toes were like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what that stretch looks like. You know? Okay, listen, listen. Uh, the gospel's got to fit around your feet. And you can't wear your parents' shoes. You've got to wear your own shoes. And you've got to snug these up so that you can advance and go listen where God has called you to go. Here's my last thought as we wrap up this whole idea of battle. Is that today, are you navigating your life with fear and hurt and resentment and confusion and judgment and skepticism and criticism? Because here's the thing that I think the church needs to evaluate. I think we're so busy trying to get people saved but that's not what Paul started with. He started with truth. And so you can try to put on a helmet, but everything's not connected because you don't believe that God's way is true. And so you're actually not a believer, even though you may have admiration and respect for God. Because truth is what holds it together. In other words, His way is the right. His, I submit and surrender to His truth and His way, and I will do it here. And then all of a sudden, out of that statement comes belief and faith and trust. And, and so here's the deal. Could we actually have people who rehearsed words, but there's no truth? Like, is God... Is God for you or is he against you? Truth. Come on. It, are, the whole idea of this passage is that God is everything that you need. Come on, God is everything that you need. God is everything that you need. And so, come on, I want you guys to stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.